1: Hello and welcome to The Call. You're watching OzBiz Australia's only live streaming business and markets channel. Great to have your company. And of course, for the next hour or so, we analyze 10 stocks sent in by you. That's what The Call does at this time every weekday afternoon. And we get two experts to cast their trusty eye over them and give you an opinion. And we do all that in 60 minutes. And um, one of my favorite teams, of experts today because they think very differently uh, and most importantly they're great mates and they don't mind giving each other a stick. Gaurav Saudi from Intelligent Investor. Gaurav, good to see you.
2: Morning David, how are you going?
1: Good and your old sparring mate, Matan and Darren from Blue Ocean Equities. Nathan, good to see you. Nice to be here. Good weekend.
0: Yeah, it was nice weather. Yeah. Kids, the kids are finally starting to do some sports. Uh, they don't feel so
1: cooped up anymore. So cooped up and they can let that energy out. That's great. So we're going to take a look. Thank you to everyone who's sent through their 10 stocks. We're going to get to them very shortly. But first up, our stock of the day is one that's been a bit of a favourite of the call, Appen. Um, we're a technology company with a company now in the sights of brokers at Macquarie with an outperform rating and a $38 price target. Brokers saying high growth is baked in with AI spending so set to rise over the next couple of years. But Lennox Capital, um, one of the fund managers around town, also favours Appen. But interestingly saying it's misunderstood with its blue chip tech credentials dividing institutional investors according to the Financial Review uh, The morning. So why is Appen out of favour and should we be looking at it? Um, Gorev is Appen on on your radar?
2: We've had a look at this um, and I agree that it was completely misunderstood early on. It was misunderstood in the fact that people called it a tech stock and it absolutely was not. Um, Appen is a, uh, it's a, what it does is it, it, it collects, it's collected about a million people together and it uses those million people to go around and collect language um, and and uh, words and voice data, which it then collates, and then it sells data sets to very large um, aggregators, things like Microsoft, Google, um, and they go into the that's the sort of the raw material that goes into producing something like Siri or um, the Microsoft voice version or the Google Assistant. Um, and uh, it's it's really a supplier of raw data sets rather than a software or a technology business in its own right. But because a lot of the presentations had um, things like, you know, really sexy words like uh, um, machine learning and AI written all over them, I I think it just got swept up and um, they got given a tech multiple even though I question its tech credentials. Now I think management was really quick to pick up on that and they've been really clever. So they've actually used a crazily priced equity to go out and buy some real proper software tech businesses. And And I really like the things that they've bought and I think um, it's actually now morphing into the myth that it always started with. Um, so it's a strange example of a business that was misunderstood and then it has gone out on to actually become the thing mm. that the market had originally mistaken it for. Um, wow. And uh, I think it's done that quite deliberately. So I've been very impressed with management, but I still think um, the base business is, isn't as good as everyone thinks it is. Um, you're supplying the, the largest, most ruthless, smartest companies in the world. Um, three customers make up about 90% their um, revenue. It's just a very, I think the original data business is quite fragile and the new businesses aren't really large enough um, to make, uh, to offset that. But it is there. So there's a good quality business in there. It's just uh, smaller than I think everyone thinks it is. Okay,
0: Nathan, what do you think? That's a bit harsh. Yeah. (laughs) It is not a value stock. Let's put it that way. It's never a value stock from day one, and it must uh, hurt Gaurav to see that share price go up. Uh, <laughs> but uh, look, it's not as... I mean, uh, look, he is right. What, what was originally there, I think the market, uh, the early players, had the foresight to see what it could be. Yep. But the question was, can they execute to become what it, were, what it could be? And they've actually done pretty well. They've done uh, what you want them to do. It's actually been pretty good execution, uh, but is it as good as what is being priced? I think you perhaps uh, perfectly put the problem in the context that it is consolidated client base, very big clients, but they dominate the base. Um, you can be held to a certain bit of ransom if things go the other way. Yep. But the business is not the underlying business is not sexy, but it's hard to replicate. Um, So in that context, they are actually got a pretty good model. I actually rate them up there with Altium as the two best platform techs. Now, yes, it's not technically a tech, but it plays into the technical space. So it it gets grouped into it because it gets the premium because it supplies into it. And the future is AI, whether you like it or not. So they have this future that's going to be playing out. And potentially, I think because of what they could add on to what they already have, that makes them a platform store. So okay. for me, Altium and Appen are the two best tech stocks out there on what they could deliver from where they are.
1: Right
0: now, of course, there's execution risk, but the history tells you that the management has done a lot better than what we thought they could. Now, is it? Would you buy it right now? No. We had them in our model portfolios. We took both of them out recently when they reached their peak. They're pricing in a fair bit, right. um, and you have to remember, tech stocks trade together in on a global sense. Nasdaq is pricing in. Um, historical, we're talking dot-com type multiples. Yep. So it'll come off. Um, the market globally is rotating from growth to value. So in that context, this will come off. Would I be chasing this stock? No, I'm waiting right. for a pullback. Um, look, recent pullbacks, you could have 20% quite easily. Right. Um, so if that happens, then I'd be going back into both
1: Altium and right. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's get stuck into our top 10 stocks for, uh, for the day that you sent in. This one sent in from Evan, uh, Nathan Goodman Group. Um, um, real estate investment trust, um, in a, a, large, diverse property group regarded as being sort of, if you, if you like REITs, one of the blue chip ones.
0: Oh, it's the best. Yep. It's the best by a country mile. Yep. Uh, they trade assets as good as anyone. Um, I mean, they sold down, I think 2 billion, uh, of European assets before the crash. Um, and they are, I think, in the process of selling four to five bill. Uh, They are very good at managing their balance sheet. They're Mm. very good at moving around. Um, This was belted because everything was belted Mm. in the property sector when the recession problem played out, Uh, which is, you know, you're going to recapitalize. People are going to, you know, you've seen uh, vicinity raise a billion dollars, those kind of things. But Goodman's managed this well. I don't think they'll be raising. I think it's one of the best players in the market for that sector. Um, It's not cheap. If you're in it, I'm not getting out. Yeah. Um I'll back the management till they get something wrong. They haven't for a very long time. Um but it's not uh, it's not something that you would jump into. I think it's not a sector you want to jump
1: into right now. Right, okay. Um so not a great sector to be in, but if you had to be in uh, one of them, this is it just... is the only one to get into oh, it's the best. Okay.
2: Uh Gaurav? I certainly agree with me that it is the best um but it's more than just a read uh the it's it's part read it's part property developer and part asset manager and that introduces so much complexity into this business so we've we've had a couple of goes at really trying to unpack this company and i think we can we can agree that it's very high quality and i think management is outstanding in this business but just just trying to get to grips with the details of this company is very difficult. You know, when we invest in a business, we want to know, we want to be specialists in that company. We want to know absolutely everything about it, be able to follow where a dollar of revenue goes on, on, um, through the accounts and how it ends up as cash flow. And in this business, it's very difficult to really unpack it in a lot of detail because it is very complicated. I mean, the, the largest contributor of profit, for example, is actually um, Equity Joint Ventures that it has. Um, and they, that actually introduces more profit than any other segment of the business. And you just don't have a lot of detail about those JVs um, and it marks to market as well. So every time interest rate goes down, cap rates get compressed and the property values expand, all those higher property values are actually recognized as profits. Um, and and that, that, can in, that can make it look a little bit cheaper than it actually is. Um, I certainly think this is a very high-quality business, and you want to try and understand it as best you can. But for us, we just don't have a superior insight at the moment. And right. you know, when you're trying to buy mispriced businesses, which is what we're trying to do, you really need a really cracking insight that other people don't have. And and I'm afraid I just don't have that, so it's just a, a hold for me. Okay, all right, uh, a hold and uh, from Gore have a note from and Now our,
1: our second stock. Um Gorav has been suggested by Georgia, Transurban Group, um, one of the biggest toll operators, not only in Australia, but in, in the world, uh, has 13 roads in its Australian portfolio. And in the US, the company has three uh, and one in Canada. This is uh,
2: basically uh, an infrastructure company, isn't it? It's a really interesting business. And, and I find this a really challenging thing to analyze as well. It's actually very simple to model. Um, you can. This is one of the few businesses on the ASX. You can actually create a really nice, pretty model of this company. And um, and you should be able to get to a very um, robust valuation of it. And we've, we've done that. And, and our valuation is something like half the market price. Um, so it's a sell for me. But the difference between our valuation and the market's valuation of this company really comes down to one thing and that's what happens to these toll concessions at the end of their concession period. Because um, the company runs a monopoly on tolls for a set period of time and once that concession runs out you have to make an assumption about what happens next. Um, We haven't assumed that those concessions roll over into new deals. Um, if you do assume that, then I think the markets valued this thing absolutely correctly. In fact, there might be a little bit of value in there, but we don't make that assumption. Um, and, uh, you know, perhaps that's overly conservative. But given the opportunity rate we have at the moment, I, I don't think we need to take on that additional risk. I mean, if, if, if one of their major toll roads ended its concession period and it wasn't renewed, um, and you have to think, why would governments renew it when everything is built? the toll road is paid for. Why would they let a private enterprise come in and take rapacious profits when they can do that themselves? Um, mm. So yeah. I think there's good reason to be suspect about that okay. assumption. And uh, so it's a, it's a sell for me. Very um, contrarian, I know. It's a very good quality business. Management has done extraordinary things with its ability to pick the right product at the right price. Um, but despite that, the valuation is no okay.
0: Yeah, this is your classic defensive play. Yeah. Um, you know, people think these are completely defensive, but yeah. they're just, everything is a cyclical, just a longer cycle. So Transurban <laughs> makes most of the uh, profits out of big trucks going yeah. through, and that's where they clip the ticket. Um, and groups, right? I think there is an assumption that they'll benefit forever, uh, yeah. but then again... That
1: they're solid, yeah, good yeah. dividend that's yield. Right. So if you're yeah. a conservative investor that wants that defensive part of portfolio, sure. It, but the US, the box.
0: Yeah, you're assuming that that's going to last for years, years and years. Right. Now, think about the cultural change we've just seen in the US and mostly in Europe. You're used to working from home. That's part of your yeah. normal uh, operating environment. In Australia, that's not the case. But what we have learned through the lockdown period is it actually works. Yep. Um, you know, a lot of, um, lot, a lot of the industry and in finance, most of them are still at work. I mean, sorry, working from home. So they're used to that, and they're seeing that it still works. So there will be a lot less traffic than what it used to be, and yeah. that will affect their numbers and how that settles down. Now, on the other side of it, um, I'm a bit skeptical about uh, what Grove said, where the government actually does the right thing. Actually, government does the wrong thing. They always spend way too much building things and sell it cheap, yeah. and Over just steals the asset for nothing, um, and then they get guaranteed returns. So it, it's such a great ripoff. Um and you can see it in Westlink how that's playing out. It's, it's a debacle. Um, so for Transurban, I think it's not too bad, but I think it's actually okay priced for the mm. risk return that you're getting. Yeah. But again, it is not as low risk as you think in a recession with governments with yeah. huge debts, and there's always problems when you know politics comes into play. Yeah. So I don't think you should think this is low risk. It's relatively medium risk for me. So I yeah. think it's okay where it is. Would I be buying it here? No, I'm not getting the discount for it. Um, I think you'd want to be looking at this somewhere around probably, you know, you want it around $12 to make the risk return work for you.
1: Okay. okay. What do you reckon, Gaurav? Is APA a better option for those who want a defensive stock put in the bottom drawer of their portfolio
2: and get a good yield? I I wouldn't do that with APA. I think APA is a fine business and um, it's been well managed and put together, Um, but there there are definite risks with with APA. I mean, you're dealing with single customer, you have to go back and negotiate contracts. If that customer doesn't want your gas, you effectively get zero revenue for it. It's not really like a toll road. I would would say Transurban is probably a better quality, lower risk business than is.
1: All right. Okay. All right. Uh, there you go, Georgia. Good discussion on, uh, on Transurban. Our, our third stock, uh, Gorev, comes from Richard Cleanaway, uh, the big waste management company. I think it's our largest waste management company here in Australia, isn't It um, uh, employs 5,500
2: people, big range of different customers. Yeah, this is also a really intriguing one. We've been, we've held this in the past, um, when it was the old Trans-Pacific Industries. Um, it had this madman as a CEO who went on this crazy buying binge and um, almost sent the company broke. Um, and the company ended up being a very large collector of, of waste and, and rubbish, but it had this enormous bundle of debt as well, and the shares got marked down quite a bit. And we actually bought some stock at that point and, um We we sold too early, clearly, um, because we sold um, a lot less than what the share price is now. I think we bought it about 70, 80 cents or so, so we actually did all right out of it. But um, our opinion then is probably the same now in that this is not a wonderful business. This is merely an okay business, and the time to buy an okay business is when it's in a bit of distress and then you want to move on to something a bit better. I wouldn't be paying these sort of prices for a business of this quality. You only have to look at it's long-term returns on capital to understand that this is never going to make excess returns um it's very well managed i think the new management that have come in have been outstanding um, and they they make it look Mm. probably better and easier than it really is than than the historical numbers would suggest Um, they've got a number of um, integrations that they're going through they bought Pox free which is a um a little uh waste management company that owned a couple of really high-quality monopoly incinerator assets. So they were the only ones who could incinerate um, resources and industrial waste over in WA. Um, but they've also bought a lot of rubbish along with that business as well. So they've got to integrate a lot. Um, and they've got a second largest acquisition they're trying to integrate as well. And, and 60% of revenue comes from um, you know just collecting, collecting rubbish. I think they've got sort of 900 trucks around, and then they're collecting um, rubbish from uh, businesses and from households it 's a very competitive low margin industry i don 't think you 're going to get excess returns from this business unless you buy at a very cheap price which we don't mm-hmm. have now it's probably closer to sell than a hold for me okay
0: yeah sadly I have to agree um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not a I mean a couple of years ago everyone thought this industry was uh, you know everything was working for the industry yeah China was pushing it 's a back. good story yeah it sounds that? great right yeah. it, it's like tourism I mean you just a no-brainer. You go, oh, like aged care. Wow, everything yeah. must go up. Yeah. Actually, you made really bad investments in both those sectors. The obvious yeah. ones are never the obvious one. Yeah. So this is one of those ones where you think it'll be doing well, but actually, no, it's not. And um, yes, Graf's right. Management's actually done well to make it look better than what it is. Yeah. Um, and it's very choppy. It's, it's a defense. In theory, it should be a defensive, stable business, yep. but it's actually quite choppy. Um, so this is for me, it's actually a trading stock. It's not one of those you buy and hold. Right. It's not a high quality business either despite industry consolidation. Yep. Uh, as Gurav mentioned, there's a number of things have gone into bust and they've picked them off the receivers. So they've done pretty well managed it through a bad so- cycle, but I don't think that the cycles ended. So yep. I would not be buying this now. It's had a bit of a run back. I'd be waiting for one of those sell-offs and that's when you buy it. It's a trading stock. Right. You buy it, you get about a 50, 60 cents drop and you buy that and then you get the run back up because people look at that high quality. They it right. go, it's a good sector and then yeah. people buy it. Runs up, get out. Right. So you'll okay. get those 30, 40% <laughs> runs, but it is not one you're gonna buy and hold and in you know three, four years, you're probably going up and down.
1: Right, okay. Um, but so up and down, which evens out to be sideways for exactly. the whole time. Okay. It's like yeah.
0: NAB after 20 years gone nowhere.
1: Yeah. All right, there you go, Richard, uh, A opinion there. Let's go from waste management to Star Wars. Um, Stephen, with uh, electro-optic systems, thanks for sending this in. Uh, it's in the aerospace and defence markets. Sounds sexy. Um, focuses on the development, manufacture and sale of telescopes, dome enclosures and laser, light, uh, laser satellite tracking systems. Had no idea Australia could do this, Nathan, <laughs> Does it well, do it well? <laughs> actually, they do pretty well. Uh,
0: I just love the word laser. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> laser cannons. Yeah, yeah. um, Defence-linked uh, services have all done really well. Yeah, uh, always helps when Mr Trump is running around uh, trying to yeah, fight. With everyone. everything. That's right. right. Um, and I love the you know the pictures they put up, laser cannons. Yeah, um, and it's. Look, they've got big plays. There's a massive space they're working in. There's only a few US players that you're comparing, comparing yourself to. It's early stage. Uh, look, I think the growth story was on pretty good run, optimistic pricing probably about a year ago. Mm, but,
1: but look yeah. at that, even January, February. Yeah. It was up at 10 bucks. That's right. Uh, um,
0: and that's with the market. That's when market was paying the peak of all time for growth stories right. and this is a growth story you're right. paying for something that it could be right now there's a long way to get there but they are doing the right things now yeah. the only problem was recently they've had balance sheet cash flow issues they've raised money there's doubts right. about how well it's being managed and you know when you're looking at and buying something for multi-years away to deliver you know any kind of execution risk kind of puts question marks on their right. model right. and that's what's happened recently so yeah. do I want to pay out for what it is now? Probably not. Yeah. Um, I'm not chasing it. The market looks where, you know, market looks expensive and this is one of those growth stories when the market is flipping from growth to value probably will get hurt. Yeah. So I'm waiting for a pullback. I like the story, but it's a nice concept. But again, there's a lot of execution that has to go into it. So I think it's just too risky for me.
2: Yeah, go ahead. Well, you know, if you ask my wife, um, Star Wars and rubbish have actually a lot in common. So, <laughs> it might be... okay,
1: um, blasphemy.
2: That sets the scene. <laughs> this is actually a really interesting business. It's it's founded by um, a, a giant of the industry who basically invented laser technology in Australia. He's world renowned um, and used to work um, for for DoD himself. So it's. It, it It's got the technical um, it's got the technical kudos um, and it should actually do very well. There's two parts of this business it's a uh, it uses um, lasers as sort of um, target guidance on the ground, and in space it uses lasers to um, to follow the trajectory of um, uh, of satellites. Um, now there's a third leg of this business as well, which is really interesting because um in, in space, unlike here on the ground where we use fiber optics and light to send, um, you know, communication signals in space. They still use microwaves, which is ancient technology now. And so there's there's potential to use their laser technology as a brand new communications method in space as well using, you know, focused light mm. beams. Um, and I think they're trying to develop that now, but the technology isn't quite there yet. So it's a really interesting business. The unfortunate part is that it just does not make any cash. I know it reports pretty heavy profits every year. And the EBITDA numbers all look suitably large, but none of it translates to cash flow. And before you touch this business, you want to get really, really familiar with the notes and the uh, revenue recognition in this company. Okay, because this is so, a-
1: so where does the revenue come from? Does it go into cash flow? Is it just revaluing assets or?
2: No, no. So uh, because they do uh, longer term uh, revenue uh, contracted work, they can pull forward and recognize revenue, even though they may not collect cash for for, for a long period um, in the future. And that seems to be what's happening. I think that was behind the surprise capital raising as well. But this has been a consistent problem with this company. So look, maybe there's a good reason for it. I, I haven't done enough in-depth work on the business to know. But before you go anywhere near it, and it's got a very exciting story, you really want to get very familiar with, with revenue recognition, contract accounting, and dig into the notes and find out What's happened to the cash flow in this company? And why are they persistently reporting an enormous mismatch? I mean, we're talking about large operating profits compared to enormous um, uh, negative operating cash flow. So, I mean, that's nothing untowards. I mean, that that can be there can be a legitimate legitimate reason for that. But it changes what you want to pay for a company if it's not generating cash flow. Yep. yep. Um, So for me, it's probably not investable. Um, But if you're going there, read the fine print. Okay.
1: All right. Uh, thanks for that suggestion, Stephen. Fascinating business to uh, to keep an eye on. Our fifth stock um, comes from John Mason Na- National Storage, read another real estate investment trust. So uh, National Storage, you would see them all around the country um, with these these storage areas um, that you can store your everything from your boat to your um, uh, to your um, Garbage that you don't want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of furniture, or if you're moving, whatever. And so all of those buildings have been put into basically a property trust. Is that how it works, Nathan? That's right. Um, uh, with about $300 million, so it's reasonably sizable for storage areas. Oh,
0: you make a you make a killing storing garbage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, it's, it's, it's a really good... It's, it's a good business. Um, not a great business, but it's a solid yeah. business. Globally, this business... Does quite well, yep. um, and I think recently there was even an M and A M&A play on this stock.
1: Well, they had three takeover bids, yeah. didn't they? Just so, at the end of last year and early this year.
0: So I, I, I'm not a fan of the sector, but again, this is one of those unique players in that sector that I think it's worth. If you if you're holding it, I'm uh, uh, not against it. I think it's an interesting stock. I think it right. has upside. Uh, I think uh, you know when you got dancing partners coming and going. That won't be the last time. There'll be more coming. Yeah. Um, so there will be a bid, I would assume, in the in the next couple of years. But you don't buy it for M and think the price is relatively well priced. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's cheap. I don't think it's expensive. Um, I think it's a good place to sit there and collect. Um, but it's you know you are people forget that equities has an intrinsic risk attached to it. So you need to have the upside to make it worthwhile. Yep. So if you look at a stock, I look at- You need the reward to offset exactly. the risk. Exactly. Yep. So I'm looking at a stock saying, do I want to buy it at the current level? Guraf has banged this into my head. Yep. Um, so <laughs> I always look at it and say, look, you know, national storage, I say, nah, it just doesn't give me enough reward on the upside without yep. an M&A for the risk I'm taking. And I think um, as much as it's a, a decent stock, I don't think I, the risk return favors me.
1: Okay. Uh, Gorab, they've also done a capital raise recently, haven't they? To uh, um, so it can pursue its next phase of growth.
2: Yeah, this um, you know every now and again, even after a long time of investing, you you come across an industry that really surprises you, and and self storage is one of them. You know, a, a year ago, if you would asked me about this, I would have said, well, there's no competitive competitive advantage. Anyone can set up self storage. How much money can you really make from this? But you you do the the work on this, they actually make very good returns out of this business. And in fact, uh, Nathan's correct in that globally, um, storage does really, really well. And I think there are a couple of reasons um, we can explain that with. One is that um, it's it's probably the most efficient use of space um, you can get. If you measure the revenue per square meter, I don't think you'd get a more efficient um, return on revenue than you can in self-storage. And that's because the whole... um, whole block of land mm. is optimised. All right, um, a hold from
1: Mathan uh, and, um, and worth looking at from uh, GORAB. Uh, just to recap, uh, Goodman Group, um, well-regarded, not a sector that Mathan uh, that likes at the moment. GORAB has it as a hold. Uh, Transurban, um, still a bit of risk to it. GORAB um, doesn't like it. Mathan could start to like it around 12 bucks. Uh, a no for clean away, a no for electro optic systems, but watch it. It's got an interesting story. Well run company and national storage a hold from uh, Nathan and a yes from Gorab. Let's go to our, our sixth stock. This one sent in by Dave and uh, it's for the Star Entertainment Group. Uh, they own the Star in Sydney, uh, the Star Gold Coast, Treasury in Brisbane. They run the Star Entertainment Group Um has also acquired uh, the Grand Mirage Sheraton on the Gold Coast and also the Gold Coast Convention Centre. They run that. And interestingly, Morgan Stanley put out a underweight recommendation on it this morning. So, uh, Nathan, what do you reckon of Star?
0: Ah, uh, look, it was value
1: yeah. um,
0: when it pulled back um, with the lockdown. Obvious problems. Uh, you know, <laughs> you don't get anyone coming in. Yeah. Um, but it has very good assets. Um, yeah. I'll put a. Flag and say Grab would be saying this is cheap uh, <laughs> it was not as cheap now yeah um, I think gradually with the sport starting and you've got limitations of where you can go uh, people are going to do more domestic holidays you probably think they're going to get a lot more traffic yeah so I think Star is pretty good um, I think it's good value around here I mean I wouldn't say cheap yep. but I'm saying it's a solid business uh, so on a pullback I'd be jumping on yep um, I prefer Star over Crown right um, but it's, again, for me, if you're playing this sector, I'd rather play the global player, someone like Aristocrat. It's had a good bounce and it yep. probably come off because growth stories are getting sold down a bit. So on the pullback, I'd rather go to Aristocrat. But out of the casinos in Australia, I think Star is probably a bit ahead of ahead for me uh, over Crown. Okay. But look, oh, I can see this coming back 10%, 15%. I would wait for the pullback and buy into that.
1: Okay. Um, Our seventh stock comes from Christian. Uh, Another real estate investment trust. Um, This one, the Centuria Industrial uh, REIT. um, 43 portfolios. Big occupancy. Um, Looks as though it's mainly in that industrial sector, is it, um, Nathan? It's quite interesting that a lot of the... I mean, I
0: saw this when I saw the list. The first thing that hit me is you can see we're where we are in the market. yeah. A lot of the viewers have asked for very defensive yeah. stocks and the fact that they've gone for a lot of REITs is also the classic chase for value after the beaten up. Yep. So the sector got beaten up the most uh, yeah. with you know I suppose retail airline and so tourism some of those are bounced property hasn't bounced as much so everyone's trying to look at it saying oh is that cheap should I be jumping in so it's interesting what people are looking at and that tells you where the sentiment of the investor as well yeah. because they are slightly mm. bearish That's because a good point. there's a yeah. lot I mean if you look at that there's not a lot of growth stories there there's a lot of defensive no. stocks there yeah so uh, I look Centuria is um, industrial again as previously said the sector is in a bit of trouble these guys should be a should be okay but i assume a lot of their customer base is going to have a tough time they'll probably have to have a bit of discount played in um and they might i'm not 100 percent sure if they've done the cap raising but yeah. you know if you go through the um, gfc what happened and that's why the sector got sold down because every man and his dog will raise money yeah. and these are potential candidates for that because they're geared up to buggery if there is any kind of shortfall on the revenue, they'll have to raise it to keep it going. So yeah. in that context, that's the downside risk. Um, on the flip side, in the economy is recovering, and if you think things are turning around and you want to buy the leverage to the recovery cycle, this is not up there with them. Right. So okay. again, risk return, just not worth it yep. for me, so I'm staying out of the sector. This one doesn't give me the uniqueness a Goodman or a National Storage offers me. Right. This is standard play, so this is right. a sector play, and it doesn't excite me.
1: Okay, so um, National Storage and, and Goodman would be a better option in your mind for a sector that you don't like anyhow at the moment. Um, I think we've got Gorab back now with a better connection. a uh, Bit of catch up, Gaurav. Uh What do you
2: think of Star Entertainment? I'm sure Nathan was, was responsible for that cutoff because um, <laughs> I was just about to think that, uh, that we bought Star um, in March. See, I told you. Uh, <laughs> I really wanted to rub it into Nathan because I'm pretty sure I would have told him about it. <laughs> um, I think it looks okay now. We're, we're pretty happy to hold long term. Uh, I think um, our analyst has a buy um, around 250 on it, um, but even at sort of $3, I think you're, you're buying pretty good value and very good quality here. Um, you just need to have some patience with it um, because of everything that's going on. Revenues won't return back to normal sometime, but I think they ultimately will. So you get good assets at a good price. Okay. Nathan in this sector
1: would prefer something with a more global exposure like aristocrat. If you're going to go into the into the gaming sector. He reckons that's better than
2: star. uh, Although stars better than crown. I agree when you look at the price star is more attractive than crown but crown does have higher quality assets and if you're more interested in quality crown is probably the better business. Now, Aristocrat, we've just got wrong for years. Um, we've really made a mess of this. Um, we actually had bought Aristocrat, I think we, we bought it years ago at, at 3 or $4 and sold it at, at 8 or $9 thinking we'd done a great job. And clearly, we just didn't understand the change that business went through. Um, and I think we've been so scarred by it, we've never really gone back and had a look <laughs> at it again. <laughs> so I don't know that much about Aristocrat, right. the way it's okay. um, transparent.
1: OK, uh, and Christian um, wanted an opinion on the Centuria
2: industrial um, rate. Yeah, one that I haven't actually looked at before, but I had a look at it um, before this and um, I heard Nathan's comments about it and I've and actually surprisingly broadly agree with him. Um, it does hold some very good quality property. I was impressed just by the, uh, the quality of the, the assets held here. Um, one mark against them would be that um, it looks about like about 12% of their um, their income comes from one customer on Another 12% comes from another two, um, which is an unusually high degree of concentration for this kind of business. Um, and the yield is too high. It, it for me that signals um, the market. Market is really telling you something that they think that the earnings are suspiciously um, elevated here. And, and I think you always one to pay attention to what the market is pricing. in. if you can't really um, refute that interpretation, it's probably best to stay away. So for me, I probably just stay away from here until I've done a lot more work and I could um, convincingly refute the market's um, um, argument on, on, on this stock. Okay. All right. Uh, our rate stock has been sent in
1: by uh, Jeff and Matham Bravura Solutions. Uh, software provider for wealth management, life insurance company, sort of funds administration, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I look, mo- most of this, I mean, the best in that category from the start was Hub. Yeah. Um, and since then, there's been a number of players come into the into the game. Um, so, so this is
1: this Hub24 net wealth type space. Yeah, net right.
0: wealth and uh, to a certain extent, Link and a few yep. other players. Yeah, yeah. Um, class one Um, so there's a number of players now there's been i think when mlc and amp bt suddenly started uh, losing customers and they started a price war Uh, so the margin started to come off Uh, the easy early growth has started to wane so it's getting a bit tougher for all of them Um, so it's a sector that's probably had the the gloss taken off it before it was like blue sky everything is growing yeah. Banks are going to die, you guys are going to go to the roof. And that started to peter off. So we're in a competition now where everyone's trying to fight for market share. So I don't see massive growth coming through. They're good businesses, um, and they've done really well, and most of them are really well managed. And we pretty good. I mm. don't have a problem with it. I just think it's in a tough sector. Yep. So I don't see the, the big re-rating in this sector because... Two, three years ago, people didn't understand that, the fintechs and the whole concept. Yep. If you don't understand what a fintechs are now, you're under a rock and you need more help than I can uh, allow to give you. <laughs> uh, so in that context, I think the market knows about these stocks. Yep. So you don't have the big re-rating cycle in these. So I'm not that excited. Okay. Goro. Right.
2: Well, Nathan just said, um, you know, you, you could have bought any Tech business and made money unless it blown up. Well, you can give us a medal because we actually bought a tech business that blew up. Um, and that's a, um, a competitor to this called GBST, which we just got oh, yes. um, all sorts of wrong. Um, but it did teach us a lot of valuable lessons about this space. And it was a key competitor to, to Bravura. So um, the lessons we learned out of GBST, we can take over to this company. Um, now, I, I I think this is a little bit different to some of the other businesses Nathan suggested because although they all serve that superannuation space this actually provides um, some very specialist software that um, integrates it's it's called Sonata it's a it's a enterprise package that integrates all sorts of different functions for wealth managers and for super administrations into one to the one source Um, and GBST did the same thing it means that um, you're, the businesses are running mission critical, they're absolutely reliant on Bravura and GBST to get mm. this right and so you have very low friction turnover, um, very sticky customers and you earn your revenue um, by, you know, they actually pay you to um, to do the initial coding and then they pay you to do the installation, then they pay you to do the maintenance. And then you, you, you collect uh, recurring revenue as well. So there's revenue all the way along the line here. It's a really attractive economic model. And that's what sucked us in. <laughs> um, the <laughs> downside is that it's a black box quality to this. You don't really, it's very hard to see how the actual business is performing because the customers tend to be very large. And as the customers grow, it looks as though the business is growing. And this is where we went, got unstuck. The GBST had one very dominant customer and it was growing like bangers Um, and they weren't reinvesting into their software so they were spewing lots of cash flow so we thought we were buying a business that was growing and generating cash flow what was happening is that one customer was adding seats and they were holding back on reinvestment and ultimately what happened was that the product actually fell behind bravura and other competitors took over and that gbst has now disappeared and it was taken over um, by another company. Um, so I'd say the same opportunities and the same risks are present for Bravura as well. It's actually a very nice business with a terrific economic model, but it, it does have some black box qualities. So my suggestion would be, I think the valuation actually looks okay here. My suggestion would be to take a smaller position size and just watch it very closely. Um, and I wouldn't get overly enthused by the numbers um, that come out and just keep the position size small because it, it does have um, dangerous um, uh, downside if it goes wrong.
1: Okay. All right. Um, that's a, a, a really good analysis for you, Jet. Thanks for uh, suggesting that stock to us. Um, Nathan Susie has sent in uh, Spark Infrastructure. We're going REITs and Infrastructure stocks. Very defensive stocks, right? Yeah. Come on, guys. You've <laughs> lost your passion. No. <laughs> uh, really good suggestions coming through. Basically, Spark, you know, the name, a, a Sparky is an electrician. Um, so this basically, I think, Nathan owns Poles, does it? Um, yeah. They're, and electricity grids and they trade like assets.
0: that. Yeah, they own assets around the world. Um, yep. Interesting play. Um, had a good run. Um, that's come off, I think, as surprises. Um, you have to remember, the underlying play is you're buying assets, you're trading yep. assets. Now, you've had a 38-year falling in the bond yield. Uh, up to a couple of years ago so if you bought an asset that was returning something and not going wrong your price of the asset went up now that stopped a couple of years ago hence why we're having so much volatility in the market so these guys are asset traders what they usually benefit from is asset prices just going up all the time it's not happening in the last couple of years and that's starting to catch up Um, it is not one that i am excited about the numbers don't quite add up Uh, if you look at the Mm cycle it's now the market is getting a bit less excited about it it's been coming off and it's had tougher outlook the last year or so so yeah it's it i think it's a tough sector um, these sectors you want to get a discount when people are not looking at yep and you don't want to go into one where the market is not so excited where it should be right now the market is risky so these are supposedly in the less riskier side of the business so in theory there should be at pretty high valuations, uh, even compared to its price, it's come back a fair bit. So the market sentiment is low in the stock. I'm not chasing something against the tide. Okay. So I'll stay out of it.
2: All right, Doran. We've owned Spark in the past and it's, a, it's actually a, a reasonably high quality business. So it owns um, 50% of the poles and wires in Victoria and in WA. And it's also added on a few um, unregulated assets as well. It owns a bit of um, TransGrid, um, and the way it makes money is that um, it, it calculates what's known as a regulatory asset base. So it has um, a, a value for its entire asset. And every time it spends a dollar repairing a, a wire or fixing a pole, it's guaranteed a rate of return by the regulator on that dollar it spends. So it's had a terrific um, 10 or 12 years when there's been a wholesale um gold plating uh, has been suggested I'm um, yeah, markets words, not mine, um, of, of that industry. So they've actually arguably overspent um, on the asset base, and that's led to reasonably high historic rates of return. That's unwinding a little bit now, and the regulator has been very strict on future um, CapEx allowances so they're allowed to they're not allowed to spend as much money as they used to, which means that the um, returns are actually coming down. And then you've got this really low interest rate environment. So the, the revenue from this depends on how much money they spend and also the returns they can get from the dollars they spend. And that depends on the general level of interest rate. And in the low interest rate environment, they actually get lower rates of return. So it's they're, they're up against it a little bit here, I'm afraid. Um, the, and, and again, the yield, the very high yield, close to 7%, is telling you something. And it's telling you that the yield is going to come down. And I absolutely concur with the market on this. I think there's a price to buy this, and I'd be looking around, sort of the 180, maybe a little under that. Um, it looks more interesting at these levels. You can hold it, and you still get a reasonable four five percent dividend, maybe. Um, but otherwise, I think there's better um, returns available okay. elsewhere. So, so, all right. The, I inter- the,
0: the interesting to say thing there is, as Gruv said, the, the yield looks too high, so there will be a cut to the yield. Yep. And if the market is and market has run up on it, so chances are when it does cut, there will be a pullback in the share price. Right, and that might give you that. Discount. So it could
1: get back to the dollar eighty on that pullback, exactly. And then it's worth. That's probably out. a good time to look at it. Right. Okay. Um, our final stock, Gaurav, is the Charterhall Long Whale Reit. Another reit. Uh, this was suggested by Peter. Now, all right. Just explain to me. Whale stands for weighted average
2: something something, doesn't it? Uh, so you're just breaking up there, Koshi. Can you just repeat that question? Yeah, the Charter Hall Long Whale rate. Whale stands for Weighted Average uh, Something Something. No, yes, that's right. Weighted Average Lease Expiry. and that's um, it? it? just yeah it refers to um, how long you have um, contracted um, tenants in place in a particular asset. And um, clearly, uh, the, the longer you have people in place on contracts, the more attractive the asset is. Uh, provides greater revenue security security um so this is I oh, look i was initially quite suspicious of this because often when you see businesses um that are built really to find <clears throat> investors you, you tend to find poor quality um suspicious circumstances and operating dodges it doesn't really appear to be the case here okay Mason. yeah look everything
0: tells me you know bad 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 it's so bad you should look at it um And growth, right? I think they've got pretty decent customer base. I think the risk return is not too bad. Um, Mm. This hasn't run up as much as the rest of the stocks. Um, So it hasn't been jammed up. So the risk return works. Uh, Potentially, I couldn't find any cap raising recently. If they haven't done one, there's always the risk that might happen. The sector is known for that in this cycle. Um, I think if it comes back, I mean, look, uh, my underlying thematic is, I think, the market's in a pullback cycle. Yeah. So if this comes back with the market and you pick it up around the 4, 420 level, uh, which is not that far off, um, I think uh, it's not too bad. I, I mean, Graphs right. They've got really good um, customers, good business model, good assets. Um, if, you know, if, if the market turns around and you think it normalizes to a cycle, you, know, you could have another cycle going where this could do 20, 30%. Mm. So the upside is there. Um, okay. So I think it's not too bad. But I think the downside risk is that there could be potentially a cap raising and, right. you know, the
1: sector's okay. in that downside. So watch out for that. Yeah. Uh, there you go, Peter. Thank you for that suggestion. That uh, gets us through our 10 for the day. Just to recap uh, the final five. Um, Star, a yes from Gaurav, um, a yes from Maitland on a pullback, but he likes Aristocrat better. Uh, Centuria, Reit, a no. Uh, Bravura, a um, a no from Mathan, uh, tip your toe in the water from Gorav if you, if you want to. Um, Spark, um, around that dollar eighty is worth considering on a pullback there. And uh, Charter Hall, if you really want the yield. And also from Mathan, if you can get it around that four twenty mark, then it could start to be a bit interesting.
0: I want to put one stock out there. Yep. Growth stock, because there's so much defensive. Right, okay. Vista
1: Group. Vista
0: VGL ah. now this is a New Zealand tech business yep um, it's cinema tech uh, they do almost everything it's a one-stop shop for cinema right. tech obviously with the lockdown and everything it got yep. smashed um, it's done the cap raising um, I think it's a really interesting stock you it's it ran from about dollar twenty to about two dollars yep. and it's back I think it's about 150 160 odd um, if you can pick that up below 150. Yep. I think you put some money in it and have a look. I think this stock, it's a potential platform tech. right? Early stage, very early. Right. And this could be a two, three mm. bagger.
1: Okay. Gorab, have you heard of it? Is he nuts?
2: Yeah, we've, we've had a look at it. Um, yeah, I don't love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's always great fun having you two
1: on. Uh, Gorab. good to see you, mate. Thank you for that. And Mathan, always a pleasure. All right, it's just Excellent. fabulous having the two of the month. Don't forget, we'll be back midday tomorrow Eastern to look at another 10 stocks. If you want to send through some suggestions, you can do it via email, the call at osbiz.com.au or through Twitter. Our handle is osbiztv.